The following audio is from Norris Ferry Community Church. More information about Norris Ferry Community Church is available at norrisferrychurch.org. Well, if you've got your Bible, we're in 1 John. We're in the series, 1 John. And so we're going to be in 1 John 1, verses uh, 5 through 10. So if you've got your Bibles, then you can go ahead and turn there. That's what we're going to look at. Um, it's exciting. I have my parents here today, my mom and dad. Um, and so with this opening illustration, I've got to make sure I get it right. My dad's a science teacher. And so I'm pulling this from science class. You guys remember these from science class? Y'all remember what it is? This is the litmus test, right? Simple test. Very simple. You take the blue piece of paper, you dip it in the solution. If it stays blue, well, no change. If you dip it in the solution and it turns red, you know that you've got, y'all remember? What is it? Acid base. Acid. Red turns blue base. That's the easy way to remember it, right? RBB. Red turns blue, it's a base. You dip it in there and it turns into a base. It's a, it, or it shows that it's a base. Now, this test isn't what makes it acidic or basic. It just reveals what's there. And so, this was a very simple test. And the conclusion of this test was that you had a sure confidence that you knew what the solution was. Right? You dipped both of them in there. And so you knew with confidence at the end of this test what you had. And this is exactly what John's going to do for us this morning. John's going to give us some tests. And these tests aren't what make you a Christian. These tests are what reveal if your faith is authentic. These tests are what show, is your faith saving, abiding faith? In our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this, this test that John gives us. Is all centered around. What does the believer do with sin? What does the believer do with sin in their life? What does the believer do with sin? And so he gives us what's going to be four tests. He's going to give us two negatives. And he's going to give us two positives. Right? And so he's going to say. Okay so when you apply this test to your life. When you dip your life down into this solution, what's, what's there? Does it change colors? Is there any difference? And so, if you'll read with me our text this morning. 1 John 1, 5 through 10. The Word of God says this. This is the message which we have heard from Him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Let's pray this morning. God, would you do what only you can do? Lord, would you speak through your spirit into our heart? God, that at the end of today, God, we would know with sure confidence, we'd be assured of our faith. We would have confidence 
and the work of Jesus Christ applied to our life. God, so would you do that work in us to bring about that result? Lord, would you teach us through your word that we might walk more closely with you? Would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that desires you? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, with any test, before you can know if there's a change, you have to have a standard, right? You have to have something that you're comparing it to. And so here in 1 John, this is what John does at the very beginning of this section. He says, I'm going to give you some tests. But at first, you need to know the standard that you're comparing. So look with me at verse 5. Verse 5 says this, This is the message which we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. Now this was the message that Tracy talked to us about last week of, of Jesus being physical, they could see him, they could touch him, they could hear him, they looked at him, they examined him, they saw Jesus. He was real. And so John takes this message which they've seen and heard and they proclaim. And this is what he says. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That God is light. There's not a hint of darkness. Now we understand this Illustration, right? We understand this analogy. Light and dark, they're opposites. They can't exist in the same place. You turn on the light, what happens? The darkness goes away. Right? Light and dark, they can't coexist. And so so John's holding out here that God is light and in him is no darkness. There's not a hint of sin or darkness or impurity. God is light. The standard is light. And so right here at the very beginning, what John has done is he's set out the human morality for us. God has set the standard. God is always the standard. And the standard is perfection. It is God is light. Now, we, we understand exactly what John is saying. We've seen it in Star Wars, right? Don't go to the dark side. We've seen it with our kids in their bedrooms. Mom, Dad, please leave the nightlight on. They like the light. The darkness is bad and the light is good. And so we see right here, John's setting out the standard. He's he's laying it out very clear. We saw it in Proverbs as well, the path of wisdom, the path of foolishness. Here, John's showing us the path of light and the path of darkness. They're exclusive. You can't claim to be in the light and walk in darkness. They don't exist. You can't say, oh yeah, the the room's light, but it's dark. It's like, what? It doesn't make sense. Light and dark, they're exclusive. And so John sets up this standard for us in which we can judge. Here's what Jesus said in John 8, 12. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever walks with me won't walk in darkness, but will walk in light. And so John has set up this standard for us. And so now, with the standard being known of perfection, pure holiness, now we can begin to say, okay, well, what's the test? How can we know that we're in that? And here's the first test. Look with me at verse 6. Verse 6 says this, If we say we have fellowship with Him, while we walk in darkness, we lie, And do not practice the truth. Now John is going to be very clear in each of these statements. They're not hard to to figure out. He's very clear. But but we're going to boil them down a little bit more. And I want to give you some illustrations to help bring these out. And so the first test. The first test that we get to see. 
is authentic Christians don't live in their sin. John says, here's the test to know if your faith is saving faith. You claim to be a Christian, but do you live in your sin? Now, it's helpful to understand what he says here. He says, if we have fellowship with him, well, we say if we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, that term walk in darkness is talking about a lifestyle. It's talking about a habitual thing that we do. Is your life characterized? If we asked your closest friends, if we asked your family, is their life characterized by walking in sin? This is what John's talking about. If we say that we live in the light, and yet we do things to show that we live in the dark, John says we lie. We lie. And so here, a friend of mine said this the other day, and I thought it was so helpful. He said, you know, every person has two tongues. And I was like, time out. I'm not a doctor, but... I got one, right? He's like, no, 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 no. So you got the tongue in your mouth, but if you look down at your shoes, you got a tongue on your feet. And the reality is that John is saying here, authentic Christians say the same thing with the tongue in their mouth that they say with the tongue on their feet. Authentic Christians walk what they live. We, we have these phrases, actions speak louder than words, right? We know exactly what John's saying. And John's saying, if you claim that you have fellowship with light and yet you walk in darkness, you're a liar. You can't believe what you say if you, all your actions say something else. And so John makes it very clear. Is your faith real? Is your faith real? Well, do you say and walk the same thing? If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie. But he goes on and he says, because if we say it, we believe it. But he says, belief isn't just a cognitive thing. Truth isn't just a cognitive thing. Truth is a a doing thing. He says, we don't do the truth. We don't practice the truth. Because truth is played out in our life. What we believe, what we really believe, comes out in what we do. And so John says, the test of authentic faith is that Christians don't live in their sin. So I ask you the question. So how do you respond to the sin in your life? Are there habitual things, habitual sins, which you continue to do, which you continue to live in? Or do you fight against those things? Do you say one thing with your mouth and then live the exact opposite? John tells us authentic Christians don't live in their sin. But what do authentic Christians do? So they don't live in their sin, but what do they do? Here's test number two. Let's look at verse seven. Test number two. Here's where it comes from. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Authentic Christians fellowship With one another because their sins are cleansed. Opposed to walking in darkness, John says we walk in light. But as you read this, then you would think, okay, so if we say that we have fellowship with him while we 
While we walk in darkness, we lie and don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship. You would think you would say with him, right? We would think that it's like, okay, well, if I don't have, if I walk in darkness and don't have fellowship with him, then if I walk in light, I have fellowship with him. But John changes it up here. And it's this brilliant test. John says, we have fellowship with one another. You see, there's this great deception that Satan says that your sin only affects you. But the reality is that your sin affects others. Your sin affects everyone around you. Dads, your sin affects your wife. Your sin affects your kids. Your sin affects your family, your other family members. Your sin affects your coworkers. Your sin affects your employees. It affects your boss. Moms. Your sin affects your family, it affects your friends, it affects your friend groups, students. Your, your sin affects people around you. There's this great deception with your generation that you can sin now and it won't have any consequences. It affects your future relationships. Sin affects everybody. Singles, it's not just you. Sin affects those people around you, your neighbors, the people you work with, everyone. Sin never just affects us. And when we sin, because it affects us, then we start to see this distance, right? We've experienced this in our life, most of us, of, of we sin and then we start to kind of pull away or push people away. We start to see a wedge driven in relationships because sin affects people. So you haven't... Issues with your friend group? Do you avoid community group? Do you stiff arm people from actually being a part of your life? Are you struggling in marriage or parenting? Or with forgiveness or purity or selfishness? Your secret sin affects your fellowship with other believers. Sin drives this wedge. When we're not walking in the light, we don't want fellowship with the light. And so John is holding out this test and says authentic believers don't say one thing and walk a different way. Authentic believers actually fellowship with one another. They come together. But there's this cool thing that happens because it's not just based on this affinity of like, hey, I like you guys, so I'll hang out with you. It's based on the reality that your sins have been cleansed by Jesus. Right? You've got nothing to hide. You've been washed clean, white as snow, white as snow. Jesus washed me white as snow. You see, we think we've got to hide our sin. Oh, these people, if they really know who I am, then they won't want to be around me. And so we pull away so that they won't know who we really are. And yet, John tells us, here's the test. When you walk in the light... You have fellowship with one another because you know that your sins have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And so you fellowship with one another. You don't fellowship based on, hey, I deserve to be here. I sinned less than you did. You fellowship on the basis that none of us deserve to be here. None of us deserve right standing with God. But it's through the blood of Jesus applied to our life that cleanses us of all our unrighteousness. And so we have fellowship with God, but we also have fellowship with his people. So I ask you the question, do you have fellowship with other believers?
based on the fact that you've been washed clean of your sins by the blood of Jesus? John applies the test. Test number three comes from verses 8 and 10. We're going to look at verse 8 first. Here's what he says. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. It's pretty simple, right? But you're like, who in the world would say that? It's like, we know ourselves. We know how bad we are. We know that we sin. We know we do things we shouldn't do. Who would say that? Well, people do. And you and I do. We say it with our life. Let me restate it. If anyone claims that they have no sin to deal with, they're self-deceived. So if I ask you, hey, what sin are you struggling with? Like, oh, I'm good. Oh, yeah? Well, John just called you a liar. Right? If we say we have no sin, if, well, well, once I got saved, John is probably talking about some people here that came, that had this idea of like, okay, Jesus and God is pure and holy and light. And so those who are with him don't have darkness. And so I'm in Jesus. So I guess I don't have any sin anymore. And John's helping them understand this of like, yes, you've been washed and cleansed, but you still live in a fallen world. And you're still in this process of sanctification, of becoming more holy. So what do you do with the sin that you have? What do you do after salvation? What do you do when you sin? You didn't become perfect after salvation. You still get upset. You still are selfish. You still commit sins. And you may be sitting in this chair today. And Satan's just beating you up. Over the sins which you committed last night. Over the sins which you committed last week. Over the sins which are way back in your past. That he just keeps bringing up. And so what do you do with that? A little bit later John's going to tell us what we do with that. As another test. But here we don't lie about it. We don't stick our head in the sand and pretend it's not there. You see, John says, if you do that, then you're self-deceived. Now, self-deception is this very cruel and isolating thing. Have you ever been uh, eating with someone or talking to somebody and they got a little... You're like, hey, (laughs) trying to send the signals or like you're at the pool and it's like... (laughs) You're like, you know, it's like, come on, it's there... And they're just like, mm, I, I, nothing's there. I don't see it. It's not there. It must not be real. Self-deception is this cruel and isolating thing because the whole world around you knows what's going on. But you've deceived yourself into thinking it's not real. And so John says, don't pretend like those sins don't exist and lie about them. Don't be deceived. They're real. Authentic Christians don't lie about their sin. But he goes a step further. And so look down at verse 10. It's not just that we deceive ourselves. It's not just a me thing. It goes further. And so here's what John says. He says in verse 10, If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, then obviously we don't need a savior. And so God is a liar because he sent his son to save the world. He sent his son to seek and save that which was lost. 
And so if you say, God, I can fix my problem myself. Then you're saying, God, you're a liar because you sent your son to save me and I don't need it. We not only deceive ourselves, but when we lie about our sin and the reality of our sin, we make God a liar. Because it was costly for him to pay for our sin. It cost him his son. He sent his son and you're saying, you didn't need to do that. That was foolish. I don't need that. And we make God a liar. So Christians don't lie about their sin. They fess up to it. They recognize it. They, they own up to it. But why in the world would a Christian ever confess that they have messed up against a holy standard which is pure and undefiled? You see, that's where people got to this place of like, well, I'll just deny it. At least I can plea innocence. I may be guilty, but I'll, I'll go to the grave denying that one. Why in the world would someone ever confess And own up to their sin. That's because it's the kindness of the Lord that brings us to repentance. That's exactly what John tells us. This is the fourth test. Authentic Christians rely on the cross for the forgiveness of their sins. They don't deceive themselves and pretend it doesn't exist. But they rely on the provision in which God has given them to pay for it. Authentic Christians rely on the cross for the forgiveness of their sins. Look at verse 9 with me. Here's what he says. John says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now let's keep it in this context of John is not telling us things that make us Christians. John is simply applying a test to say, Is your faith real? This is what real Christians do. Real Christians confess their sins. Now, 1 John 1, 9 has been debated. But I think it's simple if we keep it in this context. Real Christians confess their sins. Now, does this confession make you saved? Well, there's a very real sense that if you've never confessed your sins at all, then you're not a Christian. Because Jesus says that you've got to confess your sins and, and He will be faithful and forgive you. So there's a one-time thing where you've admitted that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and if you've never done that, then I can guarantee you're not a Christian because that's what the Bible says it takes to be a Christian, is to put your faith in Jesus Christ as the only righteousness, as the only way which you can be made right with God. So if your faith is not in Jesus to provide a way of atonement for your sins, then I can tell you you're not a Christian. And that's the, that's the test which he's giving here. But it goes much further than that. It's not just a one-time thing. It's a one-time thing to be saved. But then what John is saying is he says, but, but Christians continue to say what God says about their sin. Christians continue to admit what God already knows about their sin. That's what they do. They've been forgiven past, present, and future, but they continue to put themselves in that place where they say what God already knows. Instead of deceiving ourselves of the reality of our sin and condemnation and that our sin deserves, we admit it, we own up to it, we take responsibility for it. But there's another step. We rely on what God has already provided. 
all throughout the story of the Bible, then you have where God makes provisions for his people. And God has done that for us in Jesus Christ. Tracy next week is going to open up this text for us. And it's such a beautiful text of, of what Jesus has done for us. But I think it's helpful for us to understand this text if I, if I paint this picture for us. So think of, think of a courtroom, and you've got God sitting on his judgment throne. And you walk in, and you look over, and there's Satan. And some of you, your stack's about this tall of sins that you've committed, which he's going to accuse you of. And some of us are like, we got stacks. And we look over, and Satan's there, and he's like, <laughs> and he's got everything that he's going to accuse us of. And as you look at that, then you know everything he's going to accuse me of, I'm guilty of. He's not making up anything. I'm guilty of every single one of those things which, which he has to accuse me of. And your lawyer comes in and says, hey, we're going to be all right. We got this. And you're like, no, 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 no. You don't understand I'm guilty of everything. He's like, no, but, but we're all right. You're going to walk out of here. And then he tells you his plan. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to actually admit before the judge everything that he has on you. You're going to tell the judge everything you've done. Everything he has in there. You're going to own up to it. You're going to admit it. And you're like, why? Because he says, because every one of those things which you've done, I've paid for. The just penalty that the law requires for your sins has been paid for. And so every single one of those accusations which Satan thinks he has on you, which is going to stick, Jesus says, paid for it. 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 Past, present, future. It's been paid for. And so you can admit and own up to your sin and confess it because you know that God is faithful and he's just. And that you cannot out God. But remember, John's already told us an authentic believer isn't going to try and out God. We can openly admit and confess our sins to the Lord because we know that he's faithful. That every single time he forgives us and says, you're righteous in my sight because of Jesus. Now that's freeing. That's liberating. Some of you walked in today with the guilt and condemnation which Satan is holding over you of saying, Aha, I've got one way back in your past which nobody knows. I've got one from last night nobody knows. And, and we begin to believe the lie that, that what if God won't forgive me for this one? What if God's not faithful? But John says, authentic Christians, you can apply the test. Do you confess your sins? Because God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And not just to forgive us, but to cleanse us. To free us. To make us new. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You're, you're cleansed. You don't have the guilt and condemnation which Satan is holding over your head if you're in Christ. And you don't have anything to worry about in confessing those sins. Because God's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. 
So here we've seen these four tests. We've seen these four tests, and let me give them to you one more time. Authentic Christians don't live in their sin. Authentic Christians don't lie about their sin. But here's what authentic Christians do. Authentic Christians fellowship with one another because their sins are forgiven. And authentic Christians rely on the cross for the forgiveness of their sins. You see, the cross was costly and we should never take sin lightly. But the cross is the provision which God has given us to walk in the liberation, to walk in the authenticity of our faith that we are children of the light if we walk in the light. You're free. You're cleansed. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So if you're here today, and as this test has been applied to your life, it's brought about doubt, come talk to us. It's not what this test is there for, but God may be using it to bring you to a place to where you put your faith in Him. But if you're sitting there today and as you've seen this test and as you've applied this test, then it's brought you confidence to say, yeah, I'm not perfect, but I know the one who is. And He's forgiven me my sins and He's cleansed me of all unrighteousness. And I can walk in that. That's exactly what John wrote this for. To give you confident assurance that walking in the light is not an option for authentic believers. It's a command. But he's given us everything we need to do it. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for this passage. We thank you for these tests that that are so simple. So simple just to look at and and to, to allow people into our life to affirm these things or to tell us the truth about our life. God, would you do what only your spirit can do in ministering to our spirit to bring about the confident assurance of our faith. To know that we are children of the light. God, would you help us to deal with our sin as we walk this life, this life that in this world that's fallen, in these bodies that are fallen. God, would you help us to live this out, that we would, we would own up to our sin, we would see our sin, we would see it as costly to you, but that we would see that it's covered, we're cleansed, we're free. God, would you minister that to us, that we would walk this out? That we would have real fellowship with one another because, because we don't have anything to hide. Because we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. God, would you help us to do this this week? That we would walk in confident assurance, not based on our own merit, not based on the things which we've done, but based on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross applied to our life, that we're declared righteous. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to audio from Norris Ferry Community Church located in Shreveport, Louisiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Norris Ferry Community Church, please visit us online at norrisferrychurch.org.